midnight, whatever happen time you happen to be watching uh, this, this service. I want to start this morning by asking you uh, a question. You can actually chat, am- chat amongst yourselves to, to have a go at answering this. If you had to identify two words that described the character of Jesus, two words only, what would they be? Two words that describe the character of Jesus. Tell a, tell a person next to you, and if their answer is better than yours, then you can claim it. <laughs> and if you're watching at home, just whoever you're talking to at home. Okay, that's probably long enough. Let's, let's see, what, what kind of um, words came up for you? Omnipotent, that's, a, that's one word and that's probably long enough to be two words, so I, don't ask me to spell that one. Um, yes, omnipotent, absolutely, there is no one greater than Jesus. Um, yeah, other, other answers? Yes. Compassionate and wise. Truth and graceful, yes. <laughs> loving, well, well, we'll go with loving. So, I mean, there are, there are, we could just keep going on and on, couldn't we? There, there are so many words that describe the character of Jesus, so many. Um, I wrote down a few as well, and some of them you've already mentioned. He is holy and gracious. He is just and perfect. He's a saviour and a friend. He is powerful and compassionate. And I know as many of the children who are involved in compassion programs around the world um, uh, think about Jesus and know him, they know him by two terms, that he is strong and kind. Um, In fact, uh, they sing about that. Uh, I want to share with you this morning uh, some children, not from Indonesia, but from the Philippines, uh, who are doing just that in one of the compassion programs. So let me, let me show that to you.
haven't seen that for a while <laughs> um, it's not wonderful to see children knowing a deep wonderful truth about who our Lord Jesus is and um, what a privilege it is um, that they choose to sing about that and uh, that was a gift that they uh, there was church from Sydney who was traveling to the Philippines um, to meet their sponsored children. Um, and that was the first thing that they were greeted by, the kids um, welcoming them by singing the truth about Jesus. Um, so today, as I speak to you, uh, there are only two things you need to remember. Um, if you are one of those people who you get home and you think, what was that guy talking about? Um, and it gets lost. Here, here are the two things. Um, uh, we should accept Jesus the way that children do. And we should accept children the way that Jesus does. Let me say that again. We should accept Jesus the way that children do. And we should accept children the way that Jesus does. Jesus' view of children was completely out of step with the society and the times that he lived in. Completely out of step. In fact, um, you know that um, Israel, at the time that Jesus was um, involved in his earthly ministry, uh, was being ruled by Rome. And uh, we, we, history shows uh, a letter that um, was written, we think, by a Roman soldier, uh, called a, a, a man called Hilaron, back to his wife at home. Now, we assume he was, he was away fighting and somehow he'd received news that his wife was pregnant. That's wonderful news, we think. He, here's what Hilaron wrote in a letter, return letter to his wife. If it is a male child, let it live. If it's a female, cast it out. How tragic is that? That Jesus was um, walking the earth at a time where children were often discarded, uh, disregarded, left to die, um, or worse, abused in all sorts of different ways. Sadly, that's still the circumstance we find ourselves in today, and children find themselves in today. And so our um, Bible readings, thank you um, for those this morning, uh, from Mark chapter 9 
and Mark chapter 10, two incidents where Jesus is walking down the road and he interacts with children. And so we, we get a picture from what Jesus says and what he does of God's view of children from that. Um, and, it, and it's wonderful to see that. And we see in that that Jesus values children um, and God calls us to do the same. So, so a little bit of context, a bit of background. Um, Jesus has just, uh, just at the beginning of that, that passage we had in Mark 9, Jesus is actually talking about his mission and what he's come to do, that the Son of Man will come um, to be sacrificed and to die um, to save those, save us from our sins. And what, what's the disciples' response they, as they walk down the road? Jesus asked them, what were, you, what were you talking about? And their response was silence. Not because they didn't understand what Jesus was saying, they probably didn't fully, but because they were much more focused on themselves. And they were focused on who was amongst them was the greatest. And Jesus rebukes them for that, and he actually uses a child to actually show them what they should be like. We'll come back to that. Um, we also see as Jesus is walking down the road with his disciples, many people clustered around him. So Jesus was kind of a big deal in Israel. People knew him as a great teacher, even if they didn't understand that he was the Messiah. And so they, they came to him, they gravitated towards him, either for healing or for blessing. And many people brought their children and pushed their children towards Jesus uh, that he would bless them. And we know from the, the Mark 10 passage that the, the disciples kind of admonished them for doing that um, and scolded them, really. And Jesus said, no, do never, never do that. Don't keep the children away from me. So we're going to dig deeper into just a you know, couple of ways to, to these passages because they give us a wonderful picture of how Jesus um, views children and why, in fact, children are important to God. Um, also, how we need to be like children and a sign, really, that if we are um, focused on the things of God, if we are kingdom-minded, that we will care for children. So those three things. Children are important to God. We need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. And a sign that we are kingdom-minded is how we respond or care for children. So three things. So that, that's what we're going to just spend just a few minutes. This worked so well before. There we go. I think the guys at the back did it. Thanks, guys. Um, so let's start off with um, how, how is it that God sees children? We, the, the Bible is full of how he sees us, sinful, broken people, and how much he loves us. But specifically, how does, how does God see children? There are um, a myriad of verses in, in the Bible. So I'm just going to read a few out to you. Psalm 127 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, and offspring, offspring are a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man or woman whose quiver is full of them. What a great blessing. Or Deuteronomy 6, 6 and 7, God's instruction to the Israelites 
of how they are to view teaching their children about him. These commandments that I give you today are to be in your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit down at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Ensure that your children know me. Or Matthew 18. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes any of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. And some, two verses from today, Mark 10. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant and he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And Mark 9, 36 and 37. And he took a small child whom he placed amongst them. Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little ones in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, not only welcomes me, but welcomes the one who sent me. These are, these are strong, strong signs of God's view of children and how much he values them. Uh, so why does God value children so much? Let me, let me give you, there, are, there are so many ideas. Let me give you three thoughts. Um, firstly, I think we, we need to understand that children are not an extension of us. They're actually unique, unique people, even though they're little. Uh, Psalm 139 says that God knew us from the moment we were conceived. God uniquely knows children as he uniquely knows us. They're created by him, they're known by him and loved by him and created for his purpose and his glory. Um, God loves children even more than we can love, ourselves, uh, love them ourselves. Now you think about if your child was sick, you do everything for them. If your child was injured, you would do everything for them. And I dare say those of us who are parents and grandparents here would give our lives for our children without hesitation. God already has. He has already given his life for our children. That's how much he loves them. He's not waited until they've grown to be adults who can acknowledge him. But from the moment that they are conceived, he's already given his life so that they can know him. And I think, not surprisingly, God actually achieves his purposes through children not just through children through us as well but even that video that we saw where god's name is being honored and praised by children there's something about that that shows us the goodness of god the purity of god the honoring of god through a child is a wonderful thing to see and we see the humility that a child brings as they know and love jesus and that is god honoring so god works through children so that's that's just a snapshot 
There's so many passages in the Bible that talk about how much God loves children. But he go, Jesus goes on to say that not only does God love children, but in fact, we need to be like them. We need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. Now, there are certain characteristics that children have that are unique to children. And many of them are because of the circumstances. Or you think about it, the child, when they come into life, they are completely dependent. They cannot survive on their own. They, they rely on others. And they fully put their trust in others for their, own, for their ongoing life and their growth. They're completely dependent and trusting and that makes them humble as they um, grow towards independence, but for many years are dependent. And, and God looks at that and sees that humble, trusting dependence. And he says, that's what you are to be like towards me. You are an adult and you are independent and you think and you earn a living you do all of these things, but I, that's the attitude I want you to have, the attitude of a child. God wants us to be childlike, not childish, but childlike. Um, let me introduce you to a little girl who lives in Indonesia, um, in fact, in Manado City, so close to the churches uh, that are partnered with Wyoming Church of Christ. Her name is Kezia. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Kezia uh, a couple of years ago, three years ago now. And as I heard Kezia's story, um, it's the kind of story that breaks your heart. Um, she's born in, the youngest born into a family of five or six children. Um, and the circumstances around her family were so difficult economically that her parents made the decision they could not afford to keep her into, in their family. And so they put her up for adoption. Now, I know for many of you, as you hear that, you think, how could any parent do that? How could you possibly do that? I would do everything. It does show you the, the um, depth of um, difficulty and challenge uh, that face people living in poverty, that they even consider that. Um, and so Kezia was adopted by another family. Now, just a, a point of clarity, in Indonesia, um, don't think adoption as the way we think adoption in Australia. Think of fostering, okay? No, they use the word adoption, think of fostering though. Uh, so she was adopted by another family who said they would take Kezia on um, and she would be their daughter in their care for that was the point after about a year or two after that happened that um, Kezia's circumstances became apparent to the local church that we were visiting that day um, when there were reports of abuse that were happening in that second family. And that came through this lady in the yellow t-shirt who's actually Kezia's school teacher. Um, and as we investigated that, um, we discovered it to be true. Um, and uh, the circumstances were that Kezia had to leave that second family as well. 
Now, this girl's nine years old. Um, in, this is not an unusual story in Indonesia, and particularly with children living in poverty. And for many children at that point, they have no option but to be out on the streets. And when they're on the streets, you can imagine a nine-year-old girl on the streets. Um, there are people who say they will look after her. But most of those people have um, ulterior motives for doing that. Wonderfully, that's not Kezia's story. Uh, the local church heard about what happened for Kezia, talked to the school, talked to the family, and the church, she came into the Compassion Program in her local church, and in fact, um, the first priority was to give her a safe place to live. And uh, wonderfully, we got to see that this little bright button of a girl, and she is super bright, um, was invited to live with her school teacher, uh, who was also a member of the local church and knew about the Compassion Program and loves Jesus. Um, that lady's husband had died a few years ago um, and, um, and her own kids had grown up. Um, and so Kezia is now living with her. We visited Kezia um, in her home, her new home, on that day and uh, just saw a little girl who is flourishing. A little girl who knows Jesus personally and knows that it is Jesus' love for her that has meant that she's landed where she has. And that's come through her local church. Um, and as you can see, we got to visit her. That's uh, her um, sponsor family uh, who live in Newcastle. So um, it was great, great to see that chubby fellow on the end is me, obviously. Um, uh, so, so it's just been wonderful to see that um, those circumstances where there's this little girl who's vulnerable whoops, and dependent and, and needing to trust someone she fully trusted in God and who he was because of um, the way he was working through his local church. Um, so the question for us, if, if God says we need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God, does that mean we need to be like Kezia? We need to be like her and her circumstances. Well, in a way, yes. In a way, yes. God calls us to humbly trust in him, to put everything that we have towards um, serving him and knowing that his way is the best way for us. Now, little Kezia didn't have a choice. We have a choice. But God still calls us to the same thing. To humbly give ourselves to him. In complete faith. Not trusting in ourselves, not trusting in our own righteousness, um, but, but being welcomed by him and being transformed into his character. To be childlike not childish. Now, it sounds easy, but we know it's hard because we all, all know that even though we are seen as righteous, we have an independent streak in us. And God calls us not to be independent, but to be dependent. As we do that, um, God says, 
things will change and transform in you. You will be changed to be more like me. You will be changed so that your purposes um, match my purposes, that your character is like my character. Remember, a character that we saw right at the beginning that loves children, loves those who are dependent, loves those who um, need protection and care. And so a sign that we are kingdom-minded is actually one of the signs that we are kingdom-minded, there are many, is how we care for children, how we, um, how we view children, how we, what energy we put into making sure that they are safe and that they are protected. Um, and, and you saw that picture of, uh, of Jesus holding a small child in Mark 9 and Mark 10 and saying, don't cast them out. Let them come to me. Because what happens is we start caring for children who are vulnerable. We don't get anything in return. There's a sign, there's a sign just there that we are actually concerned about the things uh, that God is concerned about. If we care for a small child living in poverty in another country, we don't get anything from that in terms of a reward, an earthly reward. In fact, it's going to cost you money. It's going to cost you time. Um, you prayerfully invest into these children and into their lives, and God wonderfully responds to that investment. God sees what we are doing, even though the world doesn't see or the world doesn't understand what we are doing. It's part of being kingdom-minded, um, at our most vulnerable, at our most needy, at our most dependent, Jesus cared for us. And he calls us to be the same. The greatest gift, as we said um, in, when I was talking with Sky, the greatest gift that we can give to a child living in poverty is, is the same as the greatest gift we can give to a child living in Australia and living in plenty. And that is that they know Jesus. And wonderfully, we also have the opportunity and, and often the way they come to know Jesus is by caring for their physical needs, caring for them in their desperate circumstances and situations and providing love and care for them in that. And that's what the churches in Indonesia are doing. That's what churches in Australia, in partnership with those churches in Indonesia are doing Hundreds and thousands of churches around the world doing exactly the same thing. 2.2 million children currently are part of compassion programs. That's wonderful. But we actually have more unsponsored children now because of the pandemic than we've ever had in the 60-year history of compassion. And so what I'm asking you uh, to think of this morning is can you be part of this? Um, can you stretch? I know many of you already sponsor children. Uh, I'm wonderfully thankful for that. Um, but if you don't and you are able, I want to encourage you this morning to consider that. I've brought with me 
um, profiles of children from the churches you partner with in Indonesia and put them on a table outside. I'd love to chat with you after the service about how you could be part of that, whether it's you by yourself or a couple of people together in church um, pairing up to sponsor a child, or if you already sponsor a child and you're able to just stretch that family blanket a bit further um, and take on another child to sponsor. Um, it was wonderful to hear, to, I know Glenda's been involved in this for many years, to hear Bernadette this morning telling me her story of uh, the wonderful encouragement that's been to her family uh, for, to sponsor a child. So I want to um, kind of come to the end of this time um, focusing back on those, those key points that we started off with, um, that we should accept Jesus the way that children do, humbly, in trust, um, coming to him with open hands, not seeking anything except to be loved by him. And we should love children the way that Jesus do, that Jesus does, his hands opened out, him guarding and protecting them, him seeing them as a key priority to show his love and care and graciousness to and ultimately so that they can know him um, and trust in him. One of the greatest gifts I have had in my time working for Compassion is seeing children genuinely come to faith um, and to see children um, speaking and praying to the Lord Jesus um, with just complete trust. Um, I want to share that with you a little bit this morning um, and show you what that looks like um, and then I'll pray and finish.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you just I love it when um, children in um, s- the simplest faith uh, speak to you, confident, Lord, that you hear their prayers, confident that you answer them, and confident that you are all-powerful and all-trusting. Lord, we pray that you will help us to be more like children. Uh, we pray that you won't, uh, that you'll help us to be transformed so that our um, independence of you doesn't um, block us from knowing you. But Lord, we pray that you break that down so that we come to you humbly, um, that we come to you trusting, and we come to you faithfully depending on you. Lord, we pray that as we uh, live our lives moving forward, we'll live them in a character that shows you, that will be transformed to love children the way that you do and to care for them the way that you do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.